Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jonathan Taylor finally broke his silence today and spoke to the Indianapolis media. So what did the running back have to say about his entire situation? But oh yeah, the Indianapolis Colts are playing the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore. I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, we knew JT was on his way back. We just didn't know exactly when he would be finally speaking, uh, and today was the day. So uh, we're going to dive into that, and we've got a big divisional matchup for the Indianapolis Colts this weekend that we're going to get all of our listeners ready for. It's going to be a fantastic episode tonight. How are you doing, buddy? Doing really good, and like you said, it's going to be a really – it's a big deal because it's a huge divisional, divisional matchup against a team that's had the Colts' number on many occasions, especially at home, mixed with the fact that you finally heard from the uh, – it's almost like he crawled into a cave somewhere and just disappeared for a while <laughs> with his hoodie and, and you know, his agent, Malky Kawa. But it's good to hear from Jonathan Taylor. He was straightforward. He was professional. He's like you said many times, he's trained so well in PR and all that stuff that all his answers are always going to sound just so crisp and ready. So um, we'll dive into it a little bit. But regardless, it was just good to see him talking in a Colts presser. It was. It was good to hear from him because really we haven't even heard from him since June, I think, since uh, mandatory minicamp wrapped up. So we're going to dive into all of the news all everything Jonathan Taylor, everything Colts Titans tonight with all of you. Stats Matt is our first one tonight. He says we can finally assemble our Monstars lineup. Well, minus Woods, but Ogletree will work, will work just fine. And we'll talk about that uh, tonight. Getting Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor out there on the field together. Something we've been we've been wondering and, and wanting to see for, for months now. Probably since uh, April when, when Anthony Richardson was drafted. We have Zion. Uh, it's time we shut Tennessee up and show who we are. I think the Colts Love are going to be pretty, uh, uh, pretty motivated for, for this win. It seems like they, they've been pretty locked in all week. Uh, thanks for joining us. And, of course, Sarah, I mean, shout out to Sarah. Happy birthday. I think her birthday was earlier this week. So happy birthday to Sarah. Uh, she says, hey, Andrew and Drake. Uh, are, hey, everyone. Andrew and Drake are rock stars. Go 
Colts. So great, great to have you guys in yes, here sir. in the chat tonight. Uh, it's going to be a lively one, and, and we're going to dive right in. If you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our social medias, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. And then if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to us there, we're on there. So make sure you go and give us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. So, Drake, we're going to start off with obviously the big news of the day. Jonathan Taylor speaks. He finally spoke publicly uh, since everything transpired this offseason with uh, the trade request. Uh, him not participating, everything that went down between his agent Malkikawa and, and Jim Ursay on Twitter. We had heard from Ursay, we had heard from Ballard, but we had yet to hear from Jonathan Taylor. And and it was it was really good. I think I think a lot of Colts fans went into this presser expecting to hear more than was actually said. But again, if you know Jonathan Taylor and and you know how 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 he usually handles his business publicly. I, I think the presser went as about about as well or, or went how I would expect it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like you've mentioned it before and kind of like we alluded to, he's he's had PR training before. I mean, he's he's very well versed in exactly what to and not say. And so I, I'm not surprised. You know, the people that cover the team were really not surprised to not hear anything about it. Um, he understands. I think I think Shad McGinnis mentioned something about it on X. He fully understands, I think, at this point, after not even getting more than a, than a third rounder offered, that he has to play this contract out and show the NFL what his worth is in an offense he's never played for before with a coach who's never done it until this year with a quarterback who's never suited up in NFL gear until now. So this is the ultimate prove it type thing for Jonathan Taylor. I think he sees that. I think his agent understands that. Is there still a chance he could get traded? Of course. I don't think that's going to happen though. I think he understands he's got to play this contract out and it will increase his market value if he goes out there and balls out. I agree. And so the first thing that that Jonathan Taylor was was asked today was simply uh uh like do you, uh, do you want to be in Indianapolis Colt? What how, how are you feeling currently? And and this is our first clip of the night. Here's what Jonathan Taylor had to say, how he opened his press conference. Number one, just first off, feels really good to, to finally be healthy. I mean, number one, the whole time, the main goal was to be healthy. Everyone in this whole thing, the main goal was to be healthy, to go out there and to be able to, to do what I love, which is play football. So um, just going through that journey throughout this whole time, been a lot of things said and done, but at the end of the day, the number one overall goal for everybody was for me to get healthy. And I, I think everybody was on the same page with that one. And, and Jonathan Taylor is right. There's been, a, there's certainly been a lot of things said and a lot of things done uh, in this whole thing, but he's also not wrong when, when he says that everyone wanted him to get healthy. That's kind of what we've been saying all along with this whole contract situation and, and everything Drake is that the Colts want to see Jonathan Taylor healthy and, and performing well in Shane Steichen's offense next to Anthony Richardson before they uh, agree to give him a long-term extension because of what transpired last season and because of the severity of his ankle injury. So, of course, this, that's that's just kind of the crux of the whole thing. Every The Colts wanted to see Jonathan Taylor get healthy and want to see him go out there and perform. And then if, as long as he can prove that, I don't see why the Colts wouldn't offer him a long-term extension. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. That that was really one of the things that the Colts had leverage on the entire time is like, look, where is this asking for a new contract coming from? Like plain and simple, you can't play at a full capacity yet. And so, yes, that's primary or that, that's that's goal number one. You know, the, the primary thing was to get him out there, get him fully healthy. So that's out of the way. But like you said, if he goes out there and he not only helps Shane Steichen's offense progress, he helps the rest of the team because him on the field, as we'll allude to, will open up the rest of the offense, you know, when it's all mm -hmm. said and done. So if he can prove that he can make this work, I think the Colts would honestly, and I'll go on record as saying this, if he goes out there and helps Richardson's development, they'd be fools to let him go because you want him to stay with Richardson. You want him to stay with Steichen and build within that new offense and new scheme. 
And especially if, if you're seeing success and the two helping each other out, building off of one another to 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 have success within this offense, you you want to come, you want to keep good players together. And with Jonathan Taylor, if he can go out there, show that everything is okay with that ankle, show that he can get back to that 2021 form, then yeah, of course you're going to want to keep him next to Anthony Richardson and just make this offense as dynamic as possible. Now, when you do get to to some of the the talks about the contract. There were a lot of questions there. I want to credit the indie media for, for really trying to ask and, and, and bring things out of Jonathan Taylor about the contract situation, about his relationship with the Colts. But as you can probably imagine, they didn't really go far. So this is what Jonathan Taylor had to say when asked about uh, his, con- his contract extension and, and just his contract situation in general with the Colts. I'm not here to get into any contract things. Those were um, over the course of this offseason, but the season is here. We got the Tennessee Titans on the clock. Um, division game, division matchup. You know, what are you going to do? You know, are you are you going to boast up and get ready to defend your house, or are you going to fold? So that's that's a big emphasis for us this week. He's really just he's he's not going to dive into it, and I think I think going into it we. You were you if you expected Jonathan Taylor to come out and just air all the dirty laundry, talk about everything that's going on behind the scenes, all the contract issues, you're kind of kidding yourself. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been a professional and as far as his public relations ever since he was drafted in this league, he's never been one to rock the boat or or really try to air things out publicly. So it's this is kind of what I expected. What about you, Drake? I, again, I didn't expect him to go out there and just, like you said, air out all the dirty laundry because he, he, he's got a, a stage to prove his worth from here on out. He's fully healthy. So from his time now until the end of the season, he's showing the rest of the NFL what he is worth, okay, in a position group that's not worth as much as it used to be. So I really think that he's he's got to be on his best behavior too. You get, you know, and plus we no one expected him to go out there and talk about Ursay versus Malki Kawa or the money issue. Again, he's ready to go prove himself. He's ready to get out there and play. I honestly hope that he does play against the Titans. I think it'd be great for Richardson, which at again, at the end of the day, as far as the roster is concerned, that's priority number one is number five. We, we only saw a little bit of, of Jonathan Taylor today in practice. The media is only allowed to view about the first 15 minutes of practice. But in those 15 minutes, Jonathan Taylor was moving pretty well. He was making nice, good lateral cuts, which a lot of times is the biggest thing to worry about with, the, with that kind of an ankle injury is how is he able to move, how is he able to cut, and how quickly. And honestly, he looked just as fast as the Jonathan Taylor of old, which is a really good sign. Now, I know some people are going to question whether or not Jonathan Taylor really is committed to this team. Uh, and that's a fair question because, you know, he, he made the trade request at this point, he kind of figures, you know, I'm not going to be traded. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in, in this situation right now. So are, are we really going to get the best foot forward from Jonathan Taylor? And, and he was kind of asked about that from, from Mike Chappell, one of the, one of the greats of the indie media. And this is what Jonathan Taylor had to say. I don't think it matters on if I'm saying I'm committed or not because I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. Um, and, and right now I'm here and my, my number one goal is to really attack this first practice. It's been over 290 days, I believe. I mean, I mean when, you're, when you're not doing what you love, you're going you're gonna to notice it. Um, so it's been over 290 days. So my main goal has been to attack this first day. Yesterday was a walkthrough, so today is the I guess second first day. I mean, you could tell he wants to get back out there and play football. If he knows how many days exactly he it's been since he's been on a football field. But I think this kind of goes back to Jonathan Taylor taking a step back. Cooler heads are starting to prevail. At this point, Jonathan Taylor knows that by holding out, by not playing, that literally doesn't help the situation at all. The best thing that Jonathan Taylor can hope for is to go out there, play, do his best. And not only is that going to help the team uh, uh, go out there and succeed, it's going to help Jonathan Taylor to get paid what he wants to get paid in the long run. Yeah, and look, regardless of if he wants to stay, if he doesn't want to stay, that's beside the point. 
if he goes out there and plays at his top level and can somehow make it look really good and can can progress Shane Steichen's offense with Richardson, everyone's going to benefit from it. Richardson's going to develop quicker. The offense is going to become more efficient. The line is going to have an easier time. Despite how well Zach Moss has played, Jonathan Taylor is better than Zach Moss, and it's probably not even close. So I I, I think that I just love the, I love the idea now. I didn't think it was going to happen there for a while, but I love the idea of number five and number 28 in the backfield together with Shane Steichen, the way he's been able to do it with Moss, for goodness sake. It just makes you salivate when you can think about what he might be able to do with Jonathan Taylor, especially at full health. And Zach Moss, I mean, Zach Moss is a very good back. Credit to him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's missed the first week of the season, and he still sits 10th in the NFL in, in rushing yards. So Zach Moss has done a phenomenal job filling in for Jonathan Taylor. And, and I think that Zach Moss will still have a role with this team, even, even though Jonathan Taylor is, is back. But you're you're right in saying that Jonathan Taylor's talent level, he's just on another level than, than Zach Moss. When Jonathan Taylor is at his best, he's easily a top five running back in this league and really could go up against anybody as far as, as running backs are concerned. So to have him running behind a makeshift, uh, uh, I wouldn't say a, a, a newly – a newly energized offensive line that has been performing at at a better at a much better pace and, and much higher level than they were a season ago, combined with the, the threat of Anthony Richardson back there, Jonathan Taylor could really put up some big numbers in this offense. And then to end his press conference today, Jonathan Taylor kind of talked about the again, he was asked, what does he want to get out of this or what does he want to be a Colt? And you can imagine he he still kind of deflected. And, and that's that's really what we were going to see out of all this. So when asked what does he want out of all this, this is how Jonathan Taylor answered. Like I said, I'm here right now, and my number one thing is to take care of my teammates. Um, a lot of people worry about what I want, what I want. doesn't matter what necessarily I want. What matters is what this team needs, what this team wants, what this city wants, and what this city needs. And what this city needs is a championship. And, and while I'm here, that's what I'm going to work my tail off to do. That's what I work my tail off to get the opportunity to do. Um, you know, I think when you've been out for a while, you start looking at it and you, you say, man, when you have that opportunity, and I never took it for granted, but even when it's taken away, you still are like, man, that was a great opportunity, and I can't wait to have another opportunity. So, um, like I said, I never took it for granted and at all, um, so you know the help comes first. I like that answer out of Jonathan Taylor. And and when we talk about all this, again, that's basically kind of what he's going to say. He does want to go out there. Uh, while, uh, the, the, main, the main thing a lot of people are, are, are sticking on is while I'm still here, while I'm here, and, and I'm here right now, which you can read into that any way you want. But a- after listening to these quotes, after listening to the press conference, Drake, what is your overall feel of the Jonathan Taylor situation? And, and where do you think it goes from here? I think it's a let's let's see what happens week by week type of approach because I don't think Taylor necessarily wants completely out of Indianapolis. This might be the team that's willing to pay him the most money mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So do you really want to be out of the most money possible? No, because at the end of the day, this is a job. It's a very high paying job, but it's still a job. So you want to make the most money possible. But I, I also think it's, you know, kind of saying if this works out and and we end up doing really well, I maybe I'm willing to, you know, settle for less just because of the culture. But it also says, hey, I'm still a little bit hurt over the fact that I feel like Jeff Saturday might have pushed me out there a little too early, even though you're told to push yourself. I'm still upset over the fact that, you know, myself and you guys, the organization couldn't come to terms or something on, on an agreement and just the way the whole situation went. So I think there's a lot of things at play here. But at the end of the day, calm your heads, Colts fans. I really think this is just Taylor and the organization saying, let's see how it goes. We'll, we'll, we'll see by week 18 at the end of week 18. We'll see what we do from there. And I think in my honest opinion, it it, it just it, it does seem like Jonathan Taylor, I mean, yeah, he he probably doesn't want to be in Indy right now. Just because he's coming back doesn't mean it's all sunshine and roses. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we have to be realistic about this. Jonathan Taylor still wants to be paid. The organization still hasn't paid him. So and and as far as I know, the trade request is still out there. He he never even denied that the trade request was was gone or said it was gone today. So my opinion is Jonathan Taylor probably still does not want to be in Indy. Having said that, 
there's it's a long season left. Jonathan Taylor knows that the best way the the best route for him to get paid, whether it is by Indianapolis or or whether it's a, he gets out of his contract and goes somewhere else is to play out this season and show that he can still be a dominant running back in the NFL. Go out there, show you can be dominant, show that that the injury isn't affecting you, and you can, you can return to that 2021 level Jonathan Taylor. And, and if he does, the Colts aren't going to have any problem paying out top dollar and, and giving Jonathan Taylor a high-level extension. Now, do I think it's going to be higher than Christian McCaffrey's at, at an average annual value of $16 million per year? Probably not. If that's really what Jonathan Taylor is holding out for, then I, I don't see a, a team in the entire NFL that's going to give that to him. But if if, if Jonathan Taylor is happy with, with somewhere in the 13 to $14 million range uh, as an average annual value with, with uh, a good amount of guarantees, I, I think he would be not only smart to take it, but I think he would be happy to, to take it and, and continue his career in Indianapolis. So, I mean, just, a, just a, a month or two ago, there was a lot of people that thought Jonathan Taylor would never play another down for the Indianapolis Colts. The relationship I, I know has gotten much better over these last few weeks. And, and you know, Jonathan Taylor coming back and, and playing well will certainly encourage the Colts to, to lock him up. And money talks, guys, especially at the running back position. So while there isn't a resolution quite yet, and we probably will still be talking about this throughout the season, the, the, the good news is Jonathan Taylor is suiting back up and he's going to be back in a Colts uniform possibly as early as this weekend. So uh, big news on that front, and we'll just have to follow along and see how everything goes. But speaking of this weekend, the Colts have the Titans coming to town. Big rivalry game in the AFC South. Four-way tie atop the AFC South as all four teams are two and two. Colts have to take care of business at home, Drake. They haven't won at home since week six or, or week seven of last year. I think it was middle of October. So it's been almost a year since the Indianapolis Colts have won on the Lucas Oil Stadium turf, which is it's just kind of kind of surprising to me. But it's you can't underscore it. This is a huge game, not only for the Colts to to just build momentum for the rest of the season, but could could possibly help catapult them into into a playoff race. Yeah, and you know the thing that's interesting is the Titans are two and two, the Colts are two and two, but the the Colts two losses are at home while the Titans two losses are away. Mm-hmm. So something really something's got to give. give. Something's yep. got to give in this matchup. But yeah, like you mentioned, it's it's been a tough rivalry for the Colts ever since Ryan Tannehill came into town and backed up Marcus Mariota and started in the rest of his history. Mike Vrabel has understood exactly what to do against the Indianapolis Colts. And that's very simply use Derrick Henry to absolutely wear the defense the hell down. And then Tannehill picks him apart from the pocket or, you know, with bootlegs and play action. So it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with a completely different mind that no offense to Frank Reich. This is just fact, in my opinion, a more diverse and harder to track offensive game plan you know, from a defensive side, because Vrabel's a defensive guy. He played defensive end for Bill Belichick. He knows defense. So it's going to be interesting how him and Steichen match up against each other. I'm not going to lie. It's one of my favorite coaching head-to-head matchups, and I can't wait to see it. Ever since 12 left, it's been the Titans that have pretty much dominated oh, yeah. this matchup. And and we forget, Andrew Luck was undefeated against the Tennessee 11 Titans. 11-0. and 11-0 in his career. And ever since, it's been pretty much Tennessee's battle uh, and Tennessee's game to lose. So, but the Colts have a new franchise quarterback in Anthony Richardson and, and coming off of a second half where he played phenomenal football against the Los Angeles Rams really willed the Indianapolis Colts back into contention and to have a shot at pulling off the comeback against the Rams. So Drake, do you think Anthony Richardson now in his, uh, fourth game starting. Um, do you think he's going to continue that that torrid pace and, and continue staying hot from like like he did last week? You know, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think he's going to have as easy of a game. Now, I do think the Titans are not as equipped offensively like the Rams are. Yes, they have Henry, but good Lord, if you can stop Derrick Henry, it can it can becomes a very different game for that team. So um, it, it's not going to be easy with guys like freaking Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Harold Landry III, 
you know, Kevin Byard. I mean, and they're at each level. You've got one on the line, one in the linebacking core, and one in the secondary. So that's really scary. Each one of those guys could be a pro bowler or an all pro any given year. Uh, the strength of their defense is absolutely against the run. They're fourth in the league in rush yards allowed. And they're 23rd in pass yards allowed. So look for Shane Steichen to probably go out there and he might start aggressive and just try to open up the ground game. But then again, they haven't played Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that's the thing. The this this Tennessee team, they're 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 their weakness on defense is that secondary. Oh, so yeah. if, if you're going to attack this team, it's 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 a lot of times through the air. Now, obviously, when you have Anthony Richardson, Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor coming back, if he does suit up on Sunday, you're going to want to use the ground game to your advantage. But this could be a game where the Colts kind of hit some shots, you know, that when they started taking some shots, opening up the offense last week against the Rams, that's when it worked. And that's when they were able to start making plays down the field. Obviously the protection has to hold up, which we'll get into next, but being able to hit those shots and, and just open up this defense. So they're not constantly focused on the running game that that could really be a way for Indianapolis to get success and, and not put so much pressure on this running game and, and really just kind of spread this defense out. So Alec Pierce might be in for, for a decent game. Uh, I know Michael Pittman, I know Michael Pittman after only one catch last week uh, against the, against Los Angeles Rams on his birthday week, Michael Pittman Jr.'s birthday is today. You'd like to see him get more involved and I'm sure the Colts will, will try to scheme him open some. So, I think that's where the Colts are really going to attack. You might see the most aggressive that the Colts have been on the offensive side of the ball, just because Anthony Richardson is starting to get more comfortable in this offense. And if he, especially if he has Jonathan Taylor back there, because whether it's his first game back or not, the Titans know how good of a running back Jonathan Taylor is, and they'll be focused on trying to stop him as well. Yeah, and look, if he plays, that's going to really help Anthony Richardson because this team also, I mean, the Titans, they're tied with a slew of other teams because it's still early in the season. But, I mean, as far as the actual numbers, they look like they are fourth in the – no, yeah, they're fourth in the NFL in sacks because there's a slew tied for 16, 15, 14. They have 13 on the year. So, I mean, this is a team that's been bringing the pain in the pass rush too. It's not been pretty as far as their coverage, but man, their pass rush does not have a problem getting to the quarterback. So Richardson's going to need to have that raw or that, uh, that instinctual pocket presence that he's already got. He's going to probably have to avoid Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, Hey, he did all this against a much better secondary when the Rams, they had like, I believe they had a top 10 pass defense and a, like a kind of top half run defense. Well, now you're dealing with a really weak secondary. So maybe Richardson has more uh, more success throwing. I just think as far as his running ability, I do think that Vrabel is going to plan for that. So you might need to open up like we talked about with some vertical shots early and kind of take them off guard. Kind of use the pass to open up the open run. up the run. Yep, and 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 that's I, again this we talked I talked about it last week how this game the game against the Rams would would be won or lost in the trenches. Kind of see a similar game plan to that playing out this week. Colts offensive line, uh, the Ryan Kelly should be back. Bernard Ryman still has not practiced this week, but but Ryan Kelly has practiced both days in full, so you should be getting Ryan Kelly back barring a setback tomorrow. But Bernard Ryman could be out for, for a second straight game, and, and Blake Freeland would likely get his second straight start at left tackle, which could be concerning. But I, I think if the Colts are the Colts are going to have to dominate up front on on offense because to to move people in the running game, to allow time for those shots down the field uh, for for Anthony Richardson to hit those receivers. So the play of the offensive line has been much better in 2023. And, and they're going to have to put together another really good performance if if they don't want the the Titans defense to to stall them out and take over the game. Yeah, look, hey, if Freeland does start, all right, he was he was he was pretty stiff in the run game. Okay, he did pretty good, but it was the pass it was the passing pass blocking that he was just very weak on. But he's not going to be dealing with Aaron Donald. All right, yes, Jeffrey Simmons could be rotated over toward him, but he's not Aaron Donald either. Her mm -hmm. Harold Landry can be a menace blitzing as a linebacker, but he's not Aaron Donald. Okay, look, Blake Freeland's first real career start was against Aaron Donald. 
Okay, so give Freeland credit. He didn't look terrible. He didn't look great. But if he starts, I think that he's at least got a little bit of a lesser type of competition ahead of him. Uh, Vrabel will still attack him. But, hey, you know what? Maybe he does a little bit better with you know a little bit of experience, at least underneath his belt, especially against such a dominant defender like Aaron Donald. And don't forget about Danico Autry either. Ever since the Colts let go of Danico Autry, yep. he's been a pretty big menace for for them. And it seems like he's he, made he's, he's made the Colts pay, dude. Yeah, it seems like he's more fired up whenever he plays the Indianapolis Colts. Ever since he did leave for the AFC South foe, but yeah, I mean, again, it's going to be the focus on on Blake Freeland because if if the Colts if the Titans are going to put their best pass rusher on Blake Freeland, the Colts are going to need to make sure they either send a running back over to that side to help chip. You stick Mo Alley Cox over on that side to help chip. Uh, you just don't want to leave Blake Freeland one on one because that is when you typically pass rushers can can have a major impact. So I I feel like the offensive line should be okay against this. Again, you're not dealing with an Aaron Donald type player. Jeffrey Simmons is good, but not on the same level as Aaron Donald. But it, so having Ryan Kelly back is great. There is still a chance that Bernard Ryman does come back uh, and, and can pass it, uh, pass the concussion protocol before Sunday's game. We'll have to kind of have to see if he does practice tomorrow, whether it's limited or, or he can go out there in a full, a full contact jersey. But still, it's going to be the offensive line's job to really keep this offense afloat. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And then I do think that even on the off the defensive side of the ball as well, you're, you're going to talk about the Colts pass rush going up against uh, this this Titans offensive line. Maybe not as we'll, – we'll talk about containing Ryan Tannehill in a second, but every time you face the Titans hands down, we all know who the number one guy is. you got to contain Derrick Henry. And, and over the past couple seasons, Derrick Henry has really made the Colts pay uh, numerous times. It, it doesn't seem like Henry is, is at his full strength. He's had a down year by his standards so far. What do you think the Colts need to do on Sunday to, to limit Henry and, and make sure he doesn't take over the game? Yeah, you know, on the season, Derrick Henry has 285 rushing yards. But if you think about the one game that he really struggled, it was against the Cleveland Browns, who, look, no one's talking about the Browns for some reason. Their defense is destroying people. I mean, mm -hmm. they are terrifying to deal with. So not a surprise to see that. But outside of that game, he's still been playing solid. And I, I actually found this online. So in his 14 career games against the Colts, here are Derrick Henry's career stats against the Colts. 1,287 rushing yard. That's 92 a game. 
5.1 yards per carry. That's incredible. That's a great average for all those carries. And he's had seven rushing touchdowns, which in 14 games doesn't sound like a lot. It's been more passing touchdowns that have been in the game against the Colts. It's just Henry's wore the team down to the point where Tannehill can just find people open. So, yes, I absolutely think until proven otherwise, until he shows real regression, Derrick Henry is an anomaly at running back in the NFL. He's a bull. He's still playing like he's in his prime. And until you stop him, especially if you're the Colts, if you don't stop Derrick Henry, you honestly, I'm not saying you don't have any hope of winning, but your your chances plummet. Like your chances of winning plummet if you let him run rampant all over your defense. And stats, Matt, brings up a good point as well about the Colts' defensive line. Buckner needs to be back. Buckner seems to always be hampered versus the Titans. And, and again, yeah, I mean, we saw last week how much the Colts defensive line struggled when Buckner wasn't out there. Buckner was only playing on third and fourth down because of a back and groin injury. Taven Bryan was in there at the three technique and, and pretty much the Rams just ran his way every single time because he was a complete liability in the running game. The, the Rams were able to move Taven Bryan out of the way and just open up a big hole for Derrick Henry. And while it, it might not hurt as much when it's Kyron Williams running the ball, but if you allow that have to happen with Derrick Henry, Henry's going to gash you for 160 yards and three touchdowns. You cannot do that against this Tennessee Titans team, and especially a running back that, that knows the Colts well. So it would be crucial for, for DeForest Buckner to be back. Buckner did practice today um, in, in, a, in a limited capacity. Um, so it looks like he is starting to, to work his way back. Quiddy Pay is another big one. Quiddy Pay is still in the concussion protocol. He was doing drills off to the side with the trainer, but he did not do any individual drills. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Pay is out there tomorrow at practice. If he is, there's definitely a chance that he could play on Sunday. But it's it, this defensive line for the Indianapolis Colts is really going to have to dictate things and, and really bring the punch to the Titans offensive line so that way Derrick Henry doesn't get going. And look, I I will go ahead and be on record saying this. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill hasn't thrived, you know, as as the Titans quarterback at times. But good lord, man, when you have Derrick Henry, I th- I can't remember which broadcaster said this, but it was beautiful. You when you've got a guy like that in the backfield, it makes up for a lot of flaws that your offense might have because he could he could get hit in the backfield for 3 yards for a three-yard loss, and because of his sheer size and athleticism, break that tackle and pull off five yards for mm-hmm. an eight-yard gain overall. That's the kind of guy this this dude is, and the Titans' offensive line is not that great. But they block well for Derrick Henry because you have to you have to also account for the fact that Tannehill can really beat you up in play action. So I think you're absolutely right. Priority number one on the Tennessee Titans without question. I know Hopkins is out there, you know, out wide, but it's it's Derrick Henry until proven otherwise. I agree. And and Brian Tannehill has had some success against the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yeah. And it seems like it's always those bootleg plays. You get the you get the off the defense going one way to, to stop Derrick Henry, quick play action, and it's a bootleg to Ryan Tannehill, and he's always got a tight end or a wide receiver coming across that he can hit for a big gain. It seems like it never fails on third down. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I have seen that. So we, we, we talked about this pass rush kind of and this Colts defensive line containing Derrick Henry. What are the Colts going to have to do to make sure they don't let Ryan Tannehill get into a groove and, and start picking apart this secondary? Look, man, it, at the end of the day, it is DeAndre Hopkins. All right. I'm not saying that the Titans can't get it done. They're receiving core. In all honesty and fairness, it is not that intimidating when you remove DeAndre Hopkins' name. I mean, we're talking about Nick Westbrook, Akine, Chris Moore, Traylon Burks, who's questionable right now with six catches on the year. Uh, Chigazine Akonkwo has 10 catches out of, you know, as a tight end. And uh, Derrick Henry's pass catching counterpart in the backfield, Tajay Spears, has 10 catches. So look, this is still an offense, and the numbers prove it. Numbers can be deceiving. In this case, it proves that it still runs through Derrick Henry. I mean, it runs through the defense playing strong and Derrick Henry wearing down wearing down the opposing defense. So if you can stop DeAndre Hopkins and you can at least limit, because I don't know if you're going to outright stop Derrick Henry. The Colts don't have Cleveland Browns type of talent yet. So until you, if you can even just limit Derrick Henry, contain him, and then just try to get DeAndre Hopkins to really work to get open, it's going to make life a little bit more difficult for Ryan Tannehill. 
I agree. And and I think one way to do that is is to bring some blitzes. Yes. Uh, to to kind of mix things up. Make sure Ryan Tannehill doesn't just get comfortable sitting back there in the pocket where he has to he can he can comfortably go through his reads and 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 get a score. So that's something to 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 think about. But he's going up against a young secondary in in the Indianapolis Colts that really hasn't proven a lot the Colts secondary and the Colts in general have given up a a good amount of chunk plays throughout through the air so far this season so Juju Brents has has been has been very nice uh uh since he since he came onto the scene against Baltimore we've seen a rejuvenized Kenny Moore I think Kenny Moore is playing again at a Pro Bowl level uh but uh, the safety play, the deep safety play, I should say, hasn't been great. Uh, Dallas Flowers obviously goes down with that injury to torn Achilles and is out for the year. So who's it going to be this week, Daryl Baker Jr. or or Jalen Jones? Who would you like to see out there at that opposite corner spot, Drake? I, I would honestly like to see Jalen Jones. I mean, I, I'm not saying that Daryl Baker can't make a comeback, but maybe he can make a comeback as more of like a package type of guy. Jalen Jones at times looked like no one wanted to target him in the preseason. He didn't have a lot of tape coming out of college because quarterbacks just didn't throw his way. I mean, this is a guy that I think thrives right in front of you getting physical. He's a big physical corner. And honestly, I think that it's his time to have an opportunity, especially just with Dallas Flowers, who people forget was actually playing pretty good uh, at corner. Um, That's going to be a big void to fill. But man, I'd like to see Daryl Baker Jr. get another shot, but I do want to see what Jalen Jones can do. I think something that that could go underrated in all of this is is how they help in run support. We we've seen Juju Brents help out in run support quite a bit, especially when you're going up against Derrick Henry. Who who can help better in run support between Daryl Baker Jr. and and, and Jalen Jones? We've seen Jalen Jones uh, already have a role on special teams. Jalen Jones was the one that came in for Dallas Flowers last week. Gus Bradley has said that that both. Jones and Baker Jr. would would get a decent look this week in practice to determine who would get the start there. But so far, Jalen Jones, every time we've seen him, he's been pretty impressive, whether it's the preseason, his limited snaps in the regular season. It could be that could be two rookies starting on the outside against Ryan Tannehill. So if that does happen, Drake, how concerned are you that Ryan Tannehill could take advantage? I I'm not saying Tannehill's over the hill. But I would say I'm more concerned about what DeAndre Hopkins could could do because he's 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 not over he's not I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is like out of his prime just yet he might be on the end of it but he could still absolutely torch some rookie or some rookie and inexperienced defensive backs so I think that that scares me a little bit more than Ryan Tannehill does but Tannehill is veteran enough to be able to find DeAndre Hopkins and I think he'll be looking number ten's way plenty I I agree and 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 I think. I think Hopkins will will be Tannehill's security blanket, especially oh, yeah. on third down. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how that all plays out. X factor, Drake. As we get into this game, who do you think on the Colts is going to be that person that either decides that there's either if they play well is going to be a win. If they play if they don't play so well, it's likely going to be a Colts loss. You know, there's, there's, we always talk about DeForest Buckner's name when referencing the Titans, but I'm going to go with Grover Stewart, actually, because I feel like Grover Stewart just continues to get better. And I think that obviously, if you have Buckner, it's a, it's a way more amplified interior for the defense. But I think that Grover Stewart has to shine in this game, too. I think that both him and Buckner, if they're in, have to shine because Derrick Henry's is as tall and as big as most of the guys on the Colts defense. So, uh, he he's going to be really difficult to stop. He always plays well, and I think if you can get good push from both Buckner, but especially Stewart, I think that you might have a chance to stop the Titans' offense from progressing. I, I like that. I like that because it seems like we do see Grover Stewart step up. Uh, I, I remember there was a game on the Thursday night when the Colts were in Nashville, and, and Grover Stewart burst through the line and basically pulled Derrick Henry down with with one arm, which you don't normally see. So no. having having a a, a a guy like Grover Stewart out there definitely helps against the run, and, and you hope to force Buckner is is healthy as well. What a shout out to Luke Veerkamp, uh, uh, one of our buddies, uh, definitely in the 
the Colts media, hey, you're just as handsome, if not more handsome, than <laughs> us, Luke. You just need to stop it right there. Good I need to, to, need to get on his to beard see, game, man. Like good a, to see. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, his beard is, is immaculate. I, I definitely cannot grow that type <laughs> of beard. Uh, but but for my X factor, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm gonna go with Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I I think that this is the moment where Anthony Richardson kind of breaks through. He, he has he might have to take over the team again, and and will this team to victory? Not saying the Colts are gonna be in a 23 to 0 vic to 0 hole again. I do think this is going to be a close matchup. But in the end, I think Anthony Richardson is going to have to go out there and make those game-changing plays to to win this game. And 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 whether it is on the ground or whether it's through the air attacking vertically, it's it's going to be in the hands of Anthony Richardson during crunch time. And we're going to have to see the rookie quarterback come through. And and I, I honestly have confidence that he can do that, uh, and and that he can get the victory on Sunday against the the Tennessee Titans. Our first super chat of the night from who else? The CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye. Patrick says Tennessee's secondary is worse than Indy's right now. Alec Pierce touchdown coming this weekend. We're gonna have to remember that prediction because if it does there we come, go. if it does come true, we gotta give Patrick a shout out on, on Monday's show. But it very well could be. It seems like Alec Pierce starting to get more involved in the passing game. Maybe a deep touchdown from Anthony Richardson to Alec Pierce to seal the victory, just like the Colts did in their last victory at Lucas Oil Stadium last Last year when Matt Ryan threw it deep to Alec Pierce. So Patrick, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate all of your support so much, Drake and I both, and, and great to see you uh, and have you on the show again here tonight. So Drake, let's dive right into it. Colts two and two, Titans two and two, one o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium. Do the Colts finally beat the Titans and do they retake sole possession of the lead in the AFC South? So there's actually something I have to factor in here to create two scores. And it's because the Colts don't have the depth in the interior. I mean, Taven Bryan cannot run block. He's a pass rushing defensive tackle. Without DeForest Buckner, it's 27-17 Titans. I, I do think that they are going to be able to just run the ball, own the clock. I think it's so... It's such an X factor that if he is in the game, I think the Colts win 24 to 17. I think Ooh, that they'll okay. be able because him and Buckner in the middle. I mean, look, I don't care if it's Derrick Henry or otherwise. When they're on together, good luck. Derrick Henry is an interior runner. He could be an outside runner, but he's more of that interior guy that just wears you down. We've seen the demographics. His his yards per carry increases the quarters pass. So I think that with Buckner in there, it's a totally different game, even if he's a little nicked up. Having Buckner in there, even if he's 75%, is better than most defensive tackles in the NFL still. I, I, I think you're spot on there. I think I think that is going to be a big difference, whether the, how healthy the Colts are. Shout out to Brandon Moses. Colts by a million. Uh, going back to a Colts Let's podcast go. days when Brandon would say that every single episode still rings true here in 2023. Thanks thanks for that, buddy. Good to see you, Brandon. Uh, but uh, Stats Matt is, is kind of where I'm at. He says 27-20 Colts. Okay. Uh, I'm, that's where I'm at. I'm going to go 27-20 to 20 Colts. Uh, the Colts – obviously get the cover here as they're right now two and a half point dogs. So if I did bet on the Colts, which you shouldn't because bad juju, but uh, if you do, if you would bet on the Colts, uh, that's a pretty enticing bet to me. I, I just, I just have a feeling that it's going to be Anthony Richardson's Anthony Richardson's week. You know, we, we all the talk about Jonathan Taylor and, and him coming back and, and Jonathan Taylor could possibly even have a big game, but Something about that second half performance and how Anthony Richardson, it almost is like in that second half, he just figured it out. And and I think he's going to be able to put together his first full game of just figuring it out the entire way. I, I think the Colts could possibly lead from start to finish. I'm expecting a very good game out of Anthony Richardson, and I'm going 27-20 
Colts just like stats, Matt here. Logan Schmidt with the super chat. Thank you so much, Logan. You're you're a rock star uh, on Twitter. You're a rock star as far as the supporting us here on the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. Logan says Colts offensive line and defensive line dominate. Colts win by 14. Uh, that would be the first kind of blowout. I mean, obviously outside of the Texans game, but the Colts only beat the Texans by by 11. So uh, winning, beating the Tennessee Titans by 14 would certainly send a message and then logan logan's been talking so much smack and so much trash to all the titans fans on on x and it's honestly a joy to watch it just makes my day uh uh if the colts win by 14 take a bow logan and and you you just relish in in all that trash talk but logan thank you so much buddy we appreciate all of your support every single week uh so drake let's let's look at at how we talked about all the injuries let's look at these injuries for the indianapolis colts this week uh we already mentioned we talked about dallas flowers and and him tearing his achilles last week the colts did officially place flowers on injured reserve ending his season again such a tough break for a very promising player yeah he had i mean his grades as far as pff were good he wasn't allowing too many huge plays he was progressing as the games went along i think i wrote about the wrote about it when it was broke that he was going to miss the season and i was actually pretty surprised he he was not a liability in coverage he was just getting better so honestly it sucks because he went from defense he went from a kick returning specialist who was dynamic in that regard athletic as hell to playing pretty well as a defensive back Chris Ballard even said that he thought he saw something in him so Ballard was right on that but um, as we've unfortunately had to say with others Andrew you just hope he can start that recovery process sooner rather than later and as he posted out on X he'll be back better than ever Exactly. So let's 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 look at the injury report here for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, some guys that haven't practiced yet this week Quiddy Pay obviously with the concussion so same with Bernard Ryman. He is still in the concussion protocol. The other player that hasn't practiced at all this week, Shaquille Leonard. Shaquille Leonard is dealing with a groin injury uh, that he suffered in the Rams game. So that could be some, that could be something to watch as well. I mean, if, if Shaq Leonard isn't out there, you're probably going to see EJ Speed in that other linebacker spot for for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, but honestly, obviously, with with Shaq trying to get back to 100% and just get back into the game, he needs as many reps as as possible. So you don't want to see uh, a nagging groin injury kind of take away from from the maniac being able to get those snaps and try to work his way back into his old self. And, and again, man, the recovery process for him and the length of time he wasn't playing football was so astronomically long. Like people need to put into perspective that this is going to take a while for him to get back to playing speed like he was before the surgery happened, before this back issue. So you know what? They're playing on the side of caution. Even though the Colts are two and two, they're still treating it like a season that the expectations are low. So they don't want to take any risks long term. They've got the third youngest team in the NFL. So you want to keep your superstars fresh. Exactly. And Gus Bradley did speak this week about why Shaq Leonard hasn't been playing as many sedaps. He says it's part of the plan. They've been rotating with EJ Speed to get him in there, but they also just want to continue to take things slow with Shaq Leonard and, and try to try to slowly ramp him up so that way by November uh, he's back to playing his full load and 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 honestly looking like himself. So we'll have to see uh, how, how that progresses with Shaquille Leonard. There were two guys that were limited participants on Thursday. DeForest Buckner dealing with that back injury. He was limited, but hey, it's a better step than what he was last week where he didn't practice at all. So Buckner trying to work his way back to, to being a full participant. And Tyquan Lewis dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, did not practice Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. Now here's for the good news for the Indianapolis Colts. So we, Ryan Kelly has been a full participant all week. So is Jonathan Taylor. It does look like both of those guys will be playing uh, on, on Sunday, which is a huge boost for this Colts offense. Quentin Nelson hasn't really practiced much within the past three weeks ever since he injured his, uh, he's got, uh, suffered that toe injury. Quentin Nelson practiced in full, so he's starting to get back to his regular uh, full practice rotation. And then Mo Ali Cox didn't practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Seems like it was more maintenance. He was a full participant today. So some of the Colts starting to come back healthy. Obviously, the biggest one though on that list you want to you want to look for Buckner, and and I would probably say Bernard Ryman. 
Yeah, because Bernard, I mean, look, DeForest Buckner, he's played as, you know, as always out of his mind. But man, Bernard Ryman has had a resurgent year two, and you called it. I mean, he has been playing out of his mind. He's been playing incredibly efficient. He's learned to move with his feet and his athletic long frame. He's put on that muscle, and he's a lot harder to move. Man, if you get Bernard Ryman, it's a lot different than having Blake Freeland. Just like when you get Ryan Kelly, it's a lot different than Wesley French. So when you've got all those guys back together, it's a pretty formidable offensive line still. I, I would agree. So we'll obviously we'll, we'll get a clearer picture from Shane Steichen tomorrow about who's in, who's out, uh, and, and all of that. But it looks like the Colts are, are getting back uh, quite a few starters, to, especially to the offensive side of the ball. But again, it's going to be all about if DeForest Buckner is able to play or not. So Drake, let's 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 kind of wrap up our episode here and talk about the Colt, the latest Colts news and rumors. We already spoke a lot about Jonathan Taylor, so he is not in this section. We just have a couple of roster moves, guys. The Colts have a fifth wide receiver finally. The Colts oh. signed Amari Rogers to the 53-man roster, and, and Rogers becomes the wide receiver five for the Indianapolis Colts. Drake, I didn't know if we were going to see it this year, but but Rogers has impressed, and he was elevated to the active roster off the practice squad this week. Yeah, and you know, the interesting thing about Rodgers is he's played kick returner, he's played punt returner, he's played with the Packers and the Texans, and he's played some wide receiver, but this dude is the same height as Josh Downs. He's five foot nine, but Josh Downs is about 170 or 75 pounds. This dude's 210 pounds. I mean, Amari Rodgers has a very interesting build. He has an interesting build for a slot receiver. So we'll see. I'm actually kind of, I know that it's not a big name that jumps off the board, but Given how Shane Steichen can can work offensive players in and utilize, you know, different guys moving them around the field, I'm kind of intrigued to see what he's going to look like in Steichen's offense. And he also brings a special teams presence. I know he's had his fumbling issues on special teams, so you might not want him as a returner, but Dallas Flowers also played special teams. So see if Amari Rogers can can kind of go in there, maybe use that big frame to, to, to block a little bit, still add some special teams prowess. And and the Colts, too, to make room for, uh, uh, or because they had the open spot on the practice squad, with Amari Rogers being elevated, the Colts signed cornerback Darren Hall back to the practice squad. So didn't go out and sign an, another free agent uh, uh, cornerback to really bring in with the Dallas Flowers injury. Drake, they're certainly committed to, to this young group at, at, at cornerback now going with Jalen Jones and Daryl Baker Jr. And, and whoever, whoever wins the job is going to be the starter probably the rest of the season. Yeah, look, so far they've been right about Juju Brents. I mean, he's gone out and played pretty well in those first two games of his NFL career. Um, I do think that Darren Hall kind of presents an interesting thing to the practice squad because he does have 31 games under his belt. He started 10 of them uh, when he played for the Falcons. So I think that at any point he could be stepped up if they feel like Jones or Baker Jr. aren't ready. They might switch and you know do a little switch uh, going on there. But like you said, Clearly, they believe in their young squad, and regardless of if it's Baker Jr. or Jalen Jones, I think that the Colts really do think that there's something about this young defensive back group that is going to blossom at some point, and really they need to get their reps now. Well, like I said earlier, I mean, every time we've seen Jalen Jones, and, and we've talked about this a, a, a few times, every time we've seen Jalen Jones out there on the field, he's been impressive, whether it's yeah. training camp, whether it was the preseason, and, and then his limited reps in the regular season. So if Jalen Jones can go out there and, and prove throughout the rest of the season that, that he's a dog and that he can be a starter for the Indianapolis Colts, that's another draft steal by Chris Ballard and this team to find two starting outside cornerbacks in one draft class and with one in the seventh round. That would be an incredible haul for, for Chris Ballard. So we'll have to see how all that plays out. But big rivalry game for the Indianapolis Colts this weekend going up against the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. And it could be a pivotal turning point in the season. Do the Colts kind of lose to the Titans and kind of take a back seat in the division to the Jaguars and the Titans? Or do they pull off the upset and this kind of springboards the Colts into a much better season than we had originally thought? So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody who tuned in and 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 
stayed with us here on a Thursday night to talk Jonathan Taylor and Colts versus Titans. It was a really fun episode. Shout out to our super chats of the evening, Patrick Ryan, Logan Schmidt, two goats, two loyal subscribers that we love having in the chat and love seeing every week. Uh, Two of the best Colts fans that we know. And, And thank you to everybody else who joined us tonight. It was a lot of fun. If you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. I think we're now less than 200 subscribers away from 2,000. So help us reach that goal. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe. Hit that bell on YouTube so you get the notifications on whenever Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. And then if you can't catch us live or can't catch us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review you also get to listen to our audio only episodes horseshoe huddle halftime so drake we have there's been so much news surrounding the colts this week we have just been cranking out content on horseshoehuddle.com i know you've got a few pieces out there that the people need to go check out well uh, tell, tell us a little about those so basically, I did Matt, uh, go check out my my piece on Matt Stafford's comments on Anthony Richardson. Uh, another one is one that I created, three ways that I think Anthony Richardson is already showing superstar potential for down the road. And one, I'll, I'll be doing my typical pregame pieces, what the Colts offense and defense separate ones must accomplish to defeat the Titans. Fantastic pieces. Make sure you go check those out. For me, I uh, did a piece on the top five uh, graded players from the Colts last week against the Rams, according to Pro Football Focus. Gave my analysis on each player's performance. And then we talked to Anthony Richardson this week and then how he's feeling about the return of Jonathan Taylor. We finally get to see that duo of AR and JT on the field together this weekend. So that's going to be a sight to watch. So go check out the quarterback's comments. And then I gave my live reaction and and dove in even in more detail on what Jonathan Taylor had to say today uh, about not only returning to the Colts, his health, but when what he's uh, uh, went through with his rehab and and just everything that Jonathan Taylor had to say. So go check out all those pieces on HorseshoeHuddle.com. You can follow Drake on X at DWallsterDrake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Monday night to break it all down as the Colts take on the Titans at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday, and hopefully we're talking to you on a victory Monday. So until Monday night, Colts fans, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the game, and we'll be seeing you.